Hey guys, welcome to episode four of Raw Talks. Honestly, I loved this episode. We recorded it on July 3rd, the day before Independence Day here in the U.S., and it was amazing. I had a great conversation with Gus Rubio, who was the youth pastor here at Holy 58 before Ilsa and I took over. And honestly, what he has to say here about the U.S., but more than that, the gospel, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, all of that is mind-blowing. Honestly, you can just hear the context. You can hear the relationship with God that he has and the pleasure that he finds in it. And it just brings this conviction to want to go deeper in the Lord. And to remember the eternal, to remember that eternity is the goal, not just establishing something here on the earth, but really establishing something that's going to be eternal. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation that we have. Again, it was amazing. And if you love it, give us five stars, share it, subscribe, and enjoy another real, raw conversation. This is Raw Talks. How's it going? Hey, Gus, how you doing? I'm good. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Early, but I got coffee, so we're going to be good. (laughs) I need my second cup already. (laughs) Uh Okay. Can you hear me well? You're good? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm right here. Yeah, I think just to start off, I... For some of the viewers maybe watching who don't know uh, fully who you are, just uh, if you'd like to share a bit of who you are and even uh, what you're doing right now. Yeah, awesome. Um, my name is Gus, and uh, my wife is named Shirley. And uh, we have three boys, Judah, Zechariah, and Zeal. Um, and since November 26, 2005, that was when I officially – gave my life and my heart to Jesus at House of the Light Church um, and been a part of that family uh, since then and uh, part of the House of Prayer that's there when it started in 2009. Um, And then in 2017, we sold our home. We sold uh, a car. We gave away stuff, whatever we had. uh, And we moved to Kona, Hawaii to YWAM for about a year and a half. And, and that was amazing. We were part of the house of prayer there. We were part of, uh, we did our DTS with fire and fragrance. Uh, and that was amazing and pretty life changing for us, um, as a family. And at the time we had two kids, so that was pretty amazing and interesting. And at the same time, challenging. Um, and for whatever reason, you know, like we, the Lord brought us back to California um, and I mean, we're seeing the reasons now, but at the time it was like, well, why, you know, like we had nothing to go back to in the sense of like, we sold it. Like we have no home. We have nothing. We had like, we had left our jobs, et cetera. Right. Like, um, and so the Lord has us here and he's doing things in our midst right now as we are, uh, both, uh, we're part of a community here at one boy student missions, as well as serving uh, once a week in the house of prayer still right there in Northridge and uh, hop um, and just doing community with people and doing life with people and opening our doors to people. So that's, 
that's pretty much it in a nutshell. And it's, it's been amazing. It's been a journey and it's been uh, challenging as well as glorious. Nice. Yeah, honestly, I mean, having you guys back is a blessing. Um, Thanks. <laughs> like in the area and stuff. Uh, I know a lot of the conversations that we would have before you guys left were good, but even like now that you've come back, like uh, some of the advice that I've heard that you've given me and even other people on like the team has been invaluable, honestly. And, and even hearing uh, some of the things that have happened uh, because of your presence with like people like my sister, my brother, who are still in one voice, um, yeah. like, like hearing that it's like, honestly, it's a blessing to have both you and Shirley around, you know? And so, and honestly, it's like now I'm really excited for this conversation that we're about to have um, on this topic. And um, so I know uh, you posted a few weeks ago, America is not the kingdom. Um, <laughs> and so for some people, they might be like, wait, what? Like, yes, but like, so I wanted to just give you like some, like some room to kind of explain what you yeah. meant by that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. So I posted it and it's, it's, I think it's a video that I recorded like half a year ago. Um, and the thing that's on there is like a 10 second snippet of a three minute video. Um, so if you or anybody else who saw the full video, um, why I put it up and what was the point of it was that Christianity and walking out a, like the gospel is more than a lifestyle. And I personally wouldn't call it a lifestyle. It's, I would say it's conformity to a man. It's right. conformity to the person of Jesus. Yeah. Um, for example, like one of the, one of the reasons is like, if we were to say it's a lifestyle, then, then we would try to conform our lifestyle based on the times we're living in, you know, and, and that lifestyle might look different than when it did in the first century during the time of Jesus. Yeah. But if it's, if we're talking about conformity to a man, then then that man is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's no new way to walk out a life like Jesus other than to look at Jesus. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, totally. So that, that's, that, that was the gist of it, is that it's more than uh, – and, and again – uh, it's more than the Western American gospel, uh, which is the subjective beauty of Jesus. And uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. If that's okay. Yeah. Um, but it's the, I want to be like him. I want to look like him. I want to know that I love him. Mm-hmm. And, and I say all that to, to encourage uh, those listening, uh, young people and older people, young adults, there's coming a day if you're if you're alive and you're listening to this that means there's coming a day that you're going to be face to face with that man and nothing other than the truth of his word and how well you walked out a relationship with him is going to convince him otherwise does that make sense like what you see in his word and how you respond to that and what you see about him and how you respond to that is what will determine what that conversation is going to look like that day you're before him yeah i mean i think it even goes back to that place where jesus said it's like many will come and and say i did this for you i moved mountains in your name i you know it's like i healed yeah. the sick in your name it's like yeah but i never knew you yeah you know so it's it's even like the aspect of like what we do doesn't determine that it's really like okay did i love him like was i in a right. relationship with him not like was i just doing stuff right. for him you know right 
And that, that, that reminds me, like, that brings to mind, like, um, for those of you who have read it, if you haven't, you should read it. It's uh, Luke 11. Uh, Luke 11, uh, verse 1 through 3, it says that after Jesus was praying in a certain place, his disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. You know, and what, what you just said, uh, it's easy to want to fall into the, I want to do, or I want to build, I want to, you know, uh, what we call in our day ministry. Um, but think about the disciples, like they asked him, like, teach us to pray. And by that time, they had seen the multiplication of the 5,000, the bread and the fish. They had seen a leper heal. They had seen Jesus walk on water. They have heard him preach. They have seen people get delivered uh, and they don't ask those things. They don't ask, you know, like, let's be honest. I think uh, we would have asked those things. Like yeah. I want to deliver like you deliver so I could start a deliverance ministry <laughs> so yeah. I could, so I could make a website and say, I'm the deliverer of deliverers in our, in our day. <laughs> right. Like, or I'm going to preach it up. Like let, teach me how to preach, how you preach so that when I preach, People's, people are like, wow, we have never heard anybody preach like that. But the disciples don't land on that. Yeah. They were as simple as those guys were. They were wise enough to say, we need your prayer life. And the way I've seen it is actually it's more intimate than that. They were, they were actually saying, like, we want to talk to the Father the way you talk to the Father. We want to have the relationship that you have. Um, and we want that. We, yeah. we see John doing it. Like, please teach us, like teach us how to talk to the father. And, and that's amazing. Like what you were saying about Matthew chapter seven, right? That part. Yeah. yeah. And I think as you're speaking, it just reminds me of like, even the different response between Mary and Martha, um, yes. you know, and how like Jesus in a sense corrects Martha and like, she's serving and she wants to be like, you know, wants to serve Jesus the best way. She wants to host them well. Um, but then it's like, Hey, Mary has chosen the good part, you know, she's yes. chosen to just be at my feet. Yes. And I think we even see the reaction later when Lazarus died, how Martha in a sense even recognizes, you know, uh, yeah. she, uh, the fact that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Messiah. Like, yeah. Now she's able to like see it after that. It wasn't in her serving, but it was in her just like in her right. posture. And she's able to recognize that. Yeah. Do you mind if I touch on that for a bit? Yeah, go for it. Um, and I think you brought up a good point about Martha and Mary. Like, uh, you know, we, we tend to say like, oh, I'm a Martha today. And, and we say it's because I'm busy. And, and the Lord does not like confront her about her being busy. He, yeah. he says to her at the end of uh, Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42, uh, he says to her, you're distracted. Yeah. And, it's, and he's saying to her, you're distracted and you don't care. Mm. And your sister understood what to do and it was to listen to me. And the reason why that's so significant, uh, again, I want to encourage you to read your Bibles, <laughs> read Luke. You can start from chapter nine. Uh, in chapter nine, they at the beginning of chapter nine, they go through the whole, um, who do you say that I am? Yeah. They see a multiplication again and they, and then they have the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James and John. And then the father speaks audibly on the Mount of Transfiguration. And he says, this is my son, listen to him, right? And then in chapter 10, when the disciples couldn't deliver somebody, the boy, Jesus does, and they ask him why. And then he says, let my words sink into your ears. In other words, he's saying, listen to me. 
So the father says, this is my son, hear me. Jesus says, let my word sink into your ear, hear me. And at the end of Luke chapter 10, we find this very obscure, simple girl doing the thing that the father said that Jesus reiterated, and she's the only one that's actually doing it. And she's at his feet listening to him. And the Lord not only defends her posture, he says, and this is the amazing part. He says, uh, it's the one thing that is needed. Yeah. And it's, it's the only time he says that, because if he would have said it elsewhere, it would have been the, like the two things. Yeah. But if we really want to talk about <clears throat> a lifestyle of conformity to Christ, he says it. This, this is a one thing that is needed. Yeah. What, what David cried out for in Psalm 27, 4, Mary embodied. She was at the feet of the Lord listening to the words coming out of his mouth. And that, that was, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think, I mean, it even goes, we can even jump to the book of Revelation, where it says, like, when Jesus is speaking to the seven churches, at the end, he yeah. always ends, like, let him who has an ear, let him hear. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same thing, it's like, 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 Jesus is speaking, Jesus is singing, and it's like, he's just saying, it's like, who's gonna, you know, stop enough to yeah. actually listen? Yeah, and... With that, that's so good. Like with that, it reminds me like we, you and I chatted before this live. Yeah. Um, and I said to you, like, I think I just want to talk in a way of like, what would I say to 17 year old me that day that I gave my life to the Lord? Like, what would I say now? Mm-hmm. And with what we're saying so far, and, and, I, and this is true any, at any point, is that falling in love with Jesus doesn't happen on accident. Yeah. Like it doesn't happen on accident. It doesn't happen because you had good intentions. Yeah. It happens because you make decisions like Mary to be at his feet. And more than be, or beyond the serving and doing things, it is being at his feet. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think right now I'm teaching a class on, uh, which is kind of ironic. I'm teaching a class on marriage and I'm not even married. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're uh, we're teaching it based on the um, uh, the meaning of marriage by Tim Keller. Okay. And um, in it, like he speaks on the same thing, even on how, like in marriage, you have to like be intentional and stuff, and like the fact that like when people change, it's not a feeling that carries you through marriage; is the action of love, and then that'll bring the feeling. And I always relate that back to Jesus. It's like it's not like a feeling of oh, I feel like I love Jesus today, so I'm gonna love him. I'm actually gonna like act in love but it's like no it's like the action of love towards him is what's yeah. going to create the feeling of love yes. you know and and even through the hard times like i i think like that's what like act like actual marriage reflects what a relationship with jesus looks like like when we look yes. at a marriage that like has gone years and they like still love each other like 50 years in a marriage it's like yeah. that reflects a relationship you know with jesus yeah that's so good uh l- what it's like a month and a half ago, my wife and I are, we turned eight in our marriage and uh, we had, because of quarantine, we had our, our anniversary uh, at home. I made dinner and all that stuff. Or I prepared dinner. I bought dinner and set up the house as if it was a restaurant. Anyways, on your point, to your point, uh, I said something to her. I said, uh, like, I continually asked the Lord to give me a heart and love for you that to give me 
that that my heart would be yours only uh and that he would and this is what i said to her that he would help me to continually pursue you to to love on you to lavish my love on you and she asked me why and i said this to her i said because i take my relationship with you the way i take it with christ is that i never wanted to be stagnant i need to be intentional about how i pursue him and i want to be intentional about how i pursue you i want to be intentional about how i love him and the things that I do for him. And I said, and that's how I see this. Like, I don't want this to go stagnant. Um, because again, that's that in our marriage, like you said, it, it according to Ephesians five, that it's going to be the picture of the, of the, of the bride and the bridegroom that would provoke people for the longing of, uh, of his coming. Yeah. So good. <laughs> that's yeah. So good. I mean, yeah, I mean, that even falls into John 17. Like, yes. you know, it's like the fact that like that love, that love for him, but also like even that love for each other is what eventually is going to like yep. bring people to him. Yeah. Yeah. So true. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I think I want to like one of the questions that's popping up in my head right now. Um, I mentioned Revelation earlier and like the mm -hmm. letters to the church. I feel like in a sense, like God is wanting to, to I, I don't think he's wanting to write a letter to the church but in a sense like there is these aspects of like the american western church um where there are like there's almost like this like genuineness of like we want to reach jesus but there are like things that are like not necessarily like we're not there yet you know in certain aspects i feel um like in the same way he corrected the the seven churches like the church of ephesus the church of yeah. Philadelphia. um but he corrected out of love like he's like hey like yeah. come back to me, you know, it's like, hey, like, correct this, you know, it's like, I know you're doing it out of a good place, but, you know, it's like, you're, you've lost your first love, or you've lost this aspect, or yeah. that aspect, and so I wanted to ask, like, what are some things that you see sometimes in the Western church, um, and I, I ask that not because it's like, it's terrible, and God wants to destroy it, but more in the sense of, like, <laughs> because God loves her so much, yes. that he wants to perfect her, you know, yes. like, what are some things you see? And it's like those things that maybe in some of us, we may need to repent of. Yeah, so good. Uh, really good question. And this is obviously not a total or like full question or, or answer to the question. Uh, but before I answer <laughs> is I want to uh, give not a disclaimer, but I want to give the thoughts on my heart now towards the church, especially yeah. uh, the Western church or in America. Um, and it's um, that Christ loves her yeah. is that Christ loves his church globally. Christ loves and has faith in his church. And some years ago, uh, I found myself complaining to the Lord about his bride, about his church. Yeah. And I brought up specific reasons for my complaint. Right. And I got halted in that conversation. And I felt like the Lord was saying, when are you going to agree with what I say about my bride? Mm. And that's when I realized, like, I repented. Like, I was in yeah. tears and I was like, I don't want to agree with the accuser of the brethren yeah. about what he says about your bride. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if I believe scripture, then I'm part of that bride. I'm accusing myself. Yeah. I am pointing fingers at me. Uh, not just the people that I'm thinking about, but I'm pointing fingers at me. Um, and and in, in light of Revelation, like we see in Revelation from that chapter, you're talking about chapters two and three of Revelation. And then the 
the whole storyline from chapter six through the end, we see in Revelation 19 that there's a glorious church and she's dressed in fine linen. And she, it says that she's clothed with the righteousness, uh, the, uh, the deeds uh, and the righteousness of the saints. And that's amazing. And that's, that's my, my hope and longing for the church is to agree with what the Lamb says about his bride. Yeah. Um, with that being said, about what you brought up about Revelation 2 and 3, yeah. it's that the things are the same. The, the the things that the Lord has confronted his church about and his bride about are the same. For example, he says to Ephesus, like, I see your deeds. I see that you do this. You, you hate the Nicolaitans, like the teaching of the Nicolaitans. And then he says to them, but you have, have this against you, that you have fallen away from your first love. So let me, let me give you that thought now. Yeah. This is, this is where it gets really interesting and amazing for me. As I look at it in scripture, um, Ephesus in, in Acts 19 and 20 is a church that is experiencing revival. Paul is, is in their midst and Paul came and preached the gospel uh, along with others. And they're experiencing revival for about two years and books were being burned up, right? The, the economy was flipped upside down. Uh, handkerchiefs were healing people. Things were go going on. There was stadium gatherings, and we're not. I'm not talking about stadium gatherings that we have today. Uh, it's it's. I wouldn't say it's fairly easy, but it's easy to get believers to gather in a stadium. The stadium gathering that Paul had was non-believers who were planning how to kill him, uh, and they're experiencing revival, right? Yeah. Uh, Paul says to them in Ephesians five to the church of Ephesus, he says, be sober and watchful of the time because the days are evil. If, if we're being honest, uh, in, in our Western culture, we would have opened the website, started a ministry. We would have said the days of healing are here, you know, and revival has hit our church. And we would have gotten other pastors to write to us and say, hey, can you help us bring this revival? But Paul says, hey, be sober. The time is evil. And in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul prays over them. And he says, I pray that you would be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, the, uh, the, that you would know the height, the width, the length, the depth of his heart, right, uh, of his love. And so it's interesting that he says those words. And about 40 years later, that's when Revelation chapter 2 happens, uh, is written. The Lord is saying, you have fallen away from your first love. And that's interesting that that word fallen is there because if you are rooted and grounded like a tree, you're not easily shaken or falling. Yeah. And so there was this loss of being rooted and grounded in the love of Christ 40 years later. Uh, and, and, and so that's what I see. It's that the, the Lord is calling his church back like, hey, I love what you're doing for me. That is awesome. And, and I've heard people say this, and I agree with it with all my heart. It's and the Lord is saying to them, I don't want you to work for me. I want you to work with me. Yeah. And he's calling them back to him more than, more than the deeds. It's like, I want you to love me. Because uh, I love what Mike Bickle says. He says, because lovers will outwork workers. Yeah. People in love. Can they, oh, this is another phrase that he says that I just, it gets my heart. He said, anyone can quit, but a person in love. Yeah. 
anyone can quit but a person in love and the lord is calling back his church to love him and i and i've been seeing it that um throughout this quarantine this 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 whole covid thing uh somebody phrased it like this that this this quarantine has been like a pop quiz to the church and we're pretty much not passing across the board um and the lord is calling his church you know and then there's the other church in revelation 3 where he says to them you have a reputation of being alive but you're dead yeah and the lord is awakening his church and it's like what you said uh what you were highlighting in our phone call before this it's that the the it's the same thing the holy spirit is saying jesus is saying to him who has an ear to hear let him hear what the spirit is saying and again that goes back to listening yeah that that goes back to hearing that goes back to the mary of bethany posture being at his feet and and knowing what he's saying and for the most part he's not saying anything new it, what i mean by that it's, it's it's in his scripture it's in the word and and it like i said it uh it doesn't happen on accident and what he continually says to his church is um Mark 12:30 or Matthew 22:37 is that to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that the Lord has been calling the church to. Um th- I hope that makes sense. And Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think honestly it's like even as you speak it it goes back to our writers like sometimes we just like to make it harder than it is. Yeah. You know, it, yes. it all it all gets like funneled down to that two things like love the Lord your your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Like, yeah, yeah. the commandments are in those two right there. Yeah. You know? And so I think, yeah, it's like sometimes we've just made it more difficult than what it is. Like, we have to, like, understand this aspect and that. So, yes. Yeah, that's all good. And if you're doing it out of love for the Lord, that's awesome. But if you're doing it to increase ministry, it's like, it might be, you know. Yeah. You might be you know, kind of going yeah. that wrong direction. And I wrote this down, like, um, and now that you bring that up um there's there like what i what i've seen in again the western church is that uh again this is not everywhere uh, and this is not even a like we're going to point out who or what um i i think i just i my hopes and prayers that if it's you who's listening then that there would be a turning around like there'd be like i want my heart and my mind to be on christ yeah um but what i've seen is that we 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 tend to preach more a subjective beauty of Christ mm-hmm. and by that it's like this subjective sub, su- being subjective about it would be like what does he do for me mm. right how does this make me feel how does what that say apply to me and we make it about us and so for example what we tend to do is like come love Jesus because you will be healed Mm. or come and love Jesus because he will grant you the desires of your heart, you know? Yeah. And let's be honest, some of our desires are wicked. If they're not if, if the desires of our heart are not according to his will, they're going to they they tend to be wicked. Um and so we sell Jesus. We market yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And it and the truth is this is that how we win people over is how we will keep them. Yep. Yeah. Right. If you come and say, "Hey, Jesus is going to bless you. You're going to be prosperous. This and that." What happens when that stops? Yeah. 
did their Jesus die or what? And so the object, the up, the object, objective beauty of Christ is come to Jesus because he's beautiful. Yeah. Period. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and, you know, it's like, uh, here's a thought, like, I'm going to put in this last thought. And then, um, you let me know where you want to go next. It's that if you, uh, for example, the sunsets in Hawaii, oh my gosh, if you've never seen them, yeah, they're incredible. Yeah. Um, let's say I take you there, Anthony, and, and I like, you need to fly out here to Kona and you got to see these, these sunsets and, or the, or even, yeah, let's say the sunsets. And then let's say it's sunset time. We're going to meet somewhere and you're nowhere to be found. And I'm looking at this and I, and all I say is that is beautiful. That's it. It yeah. does. It's beautiful regardless of how it makes me feel. It's yeah. beautiful regardless of what it does for me. It's beautiful regardless of what it's making me think or feel. Yeah. And you think, and you say to yourself, and I find you at a hotel and you're by the pool and you're like, and I'm like, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, you like to watch sunsets at the beach. I like to watch sunsets here at the Econolodge pool because it's better. And, and it's this like, you're you're in front of this beauty that you cannot dismiss but in your subjectivity you're like oh i'd rather have this like this is far more beautiful and and we're like oh well this is what i feel this is what i think but yeah. let's be honest a sunset at the at the pool does not compare to a sunset in hawaii at the beach <laughs> yeah. like I, I hope that's uh, i mean that's a probably like for lack of time i couldn't explain it better but <laughs> yeah no i've, I've kind of compare that to burgers in the same thing. <laughs> that would have been a better analogy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but for me, I've, uh, like, yeah, I completely agree. And even, I love how even Jesus, like when some people want to follow him, he throws that disclaimer of like, hey, like the son of man has no place to rest his head. Yes. You know, like the son of man, like all these things, like, hey, like you want to follow me, that's awesome. But like, it's going to be hard. Do you still want to do it? Yes. You know, and like, so I love that he presents it like that. He's like, yes, like, this is completely worth it, but it's going to be hard. You yeah. know, and like how we sometimes present it, it's like, oh, your problems are going to go away. You're going to be healed, this and that. And at the end, it's like sometimes somebody getting sick actually gets them closer to Jesus. You know, sometimes that, that suffering is actually what pulls us closer, more so than um, than the, the, the blessings. Yeah. You know? You know, it's like, I, I know at least in my life, like a lot of the times when it's like I've strayed away somewhat, it's usually the suffering that brings me back. It's when yeah. something's going like wrong that I'm like, okay, I'm here. Like you caught, you, you, you know, you caught my attention again. Like I'm here. Yeah. It's very rarely is it the blessings. The blessings sometimes like, oh, okay, thank you. And I kind of like walk off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, but yeah, I think we need to like go there like more as a church, like instead of preaching, like, you're going to get this and that and that, which sometimes, yeah, you do. Like, I mean, God loves us and the father loves us and wants to bless. But right. like the aspect of like, you know, blessed are the persecuted in his name. Yeah. You know, we forget <laughs> that part. You know, the, the fight yes. of the attitudes. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Like, so I think like we need to remember that. It's like, hey, like when you're persecuted, you're actually being blessed. You yep. know, when you're persecuted in his name. Um, yep. And so I mentioned right there the kingdom. I think that's one piece that we haven't really touched on, but I mean, we touch on it in very many respects, but I want to like, for some of the viewers who maybe 
the kingdom of heaven is a term they've heard, but they're not really um, accustomed to hearing or necessarily know what it means. Like, do you want to give a brief explanation of what that even is? Sure. The best way I could, thank you for that. The, the, the best way I could answer that is in two ways. One, it's that it is a literal and physical kingdom. It is a literal and physical thing uh, that we are looking forward to. And in light of what we're talking about, America versus the kingdom of God, uh, we see in Hebrews 11, uh, you know, we, what I hear, what I tend to hear a lot in our generation is the promise of God for my life or this and that and stuff like, and that stuff, like you said, is not bad. It's, it's great. Praise God that he's speaking to you and giving those promise, but there's a greater promise. And the greatest promise is the promise of the second coming of the Lord. And that's far better and greater than your personal ministry or calling or assignment is that he's coming. And so we look at the men and women of faith in Hebrews 11. uh, They, they, they were literally waiting and physically wanting a kingdom, you know, because God gave Abraham promises and Abraham, guess what? This, this, this is where our generation wants to dismiss it. He didn't see it in his lifetime, but he said he, because he was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. And it says that he welcomed it from a distance. He welcomed it in faith because faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the confidence or the, yeah, and the confidence of things that, that we're looking forward to, that we believe the conviction. Right. And, and so that is the difference is that there is a, there's a physical kingdom. It's like, I'm longing for that. And, and I am living for that day. I'm living for another age. I'm living for that. So what I do now is, is preparing me to be there. I'm not going to, it's, this is not my best life period. Like this is not my best life. I hope not. (laughs) I hope this is not my best life. It's going to get better. It's going to get great because the Lord is going to come back. And I, I have hope that I will be with him based off how I live and obey what he says in his word. So the first thing is that it's a physical, literal kingdom that God dwells in. And the second thing is that it is a, it is manifested in the way that we live, meaning the Sermon on the Mount lifestyle, the, the, the life that Jesus, the constitution, as some would call it, of the kingdom is the whole Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And, yeah. and Jesus is saying this, this, basically, this is what he's saying. Essentially, he's saying, this is who I am. I'm inviting you to be like me. And here's, here's the amazing thing is that if you and I were to take the Sermon on the Mount on our own uh, and try to walk it out, it's going to be hard because it is, it's going to be difficult. Like I, you know, there are days you don't want to show mercy. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to be merciful today. Like, but this is the amazing part about the Sermon on the Mount is that the one who calls us to walk out the Sermon on the Mount is the only one who can give us the grace and empower us to walk it out. Yeah. And, and here's the difference of an American mindset or a Western mindset, as opposed to a, I want to be like Christ mindset. It's that American or Western mindset would be, all right, Sermon on the Mount, give me the one, two, three on how to walk this out. Mm. A Christ-like mindset or one that's wanting to be, right? It would be, Jesus, how did you walk this out? Mm. I want to see how you walked it out. I want to learn from you. 
and it, it changes the 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 it, like the the response is different. I hope I hope that makes sense. So, um, and Jesus says it at the end of Matthew seven that the way that leads to life is hard and it's narrow. Like yeah. there's not many options. Like we can't decide. He's he has set it out for us. Yeah. I think I, even as you said that, like I just I realized like even the placement of the Sermon on the Mount in the New Testament, the fact that it's almost at the beginning, and then you have the rest of Matthew and Mark, Luke, and John to yeah. see how Jesus walked it out. Yeah. You know? And so it's like it's it's perfect even in this placement. It's like okay, here's how it is, and then here's how it was lived out. Yeah. You know. So thank like oh, that's awesome. Thank you for even sharing it like that. Yeah, and and lastly is like. James, if you read James along with the Sermon on the Mount, like James is like a practical thing to walk it out. Like, and one of the most important things that James says is about guarding the tongue. It's mm. about the tongue. It's about, uh, it, yeah, read James. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, you, it goes hand in hand with the Sermon on the Mount and he gives us a little bit more. If people want practical, then see, check it out. Yeah, the fact that the, the tongue is untamable. And- yeah. All that. Not even just to touch on that a bit. I remember Davis Liker once said, "It's like a lot of times, why like maybe what you're speaking isn't bringing life is because there's also complaint coming yeah. out of it, and that whole yeah. aspect of like a, a spring can have both salt and right. like a well can carry salt and fresh water at the same time. Right. And so it's like I think that's a practical in there. Like you know, it's like sometimes our complaint is why we're not seeing the move of God or the hand of God around. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So I think um, I think we touched on like practicals and stuff, but I I think sometimes we're we're like contending and praying to see. Um, I think we well, like a lot of us like sometimes contend for like our nation, like God, we want to see you move in the United States. We want to see you move across this land and stuff. Um, but like we pray it, and then but we don't necessarily not just not believe it, but then it's like we don't we're not trying to see it in our own lives. So I want to like even ask like how do we first see kingdom in our own lives before we're like interceding for it on the behalf or in a better even easier way of saying it's like how do we contend for for revival in our own lives before we contend for revival um, in our church or in our nation? That's so good. Um, for some reason, the the one of the scriptures that pops in my mind is Matthew seven, right? The beginning or the last chapter of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and Jesus says there, uh, about not judging. Mm. And he says there, uh, you, you want to judge and correct the sty in your brother's eye, but you have a log in yours. Yeah. Think about the difference. (laughs) How big of a difference is a sty to a log? Yeah. That means that what, what's going on in me is bigger. I I need to, to keep my eyes on me. And, yeah. and, and keep my eyes on Christ and, and say, how do, I, how do I do this? And how do I, like you're, what you're saying, right? How do I change this? Um, and that's, that's why I love who Jesus is. Um, because of who he is, that is enough for us to cause, or that is enough to cause obedience in our heart to his word, to, to who he is, to his, the life that he has called us to. Yeah. Um, and... For example, um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, where it says, where Paul is praying for the church of, of, of Colossae, and he's saying that you would walk in a manner fully pleasing to the Lord, 
that you would give, bear fruit in every good work, that you would grow in the knowledge of who he is. Mm-hmm. And he is praying these things. And, and, and I think to, to, to a piece of that, to, to answer your question, is that I need to look about what the, the things that the Lord calls me to. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, need to, I need to say, okay, what are you calling me to? And, and how, how, how well am I at responding this? And it's very simple. I, just to put it in very simple terms now. Um, we don't know because we don't read. Mm. We don't know because we don't look at Jesus' words or we don't take them serious. And yeah. with that, I'll end, I'll, end with, I'll end this answer with this. Uh, if I say to you, um, for example, you, you work and serve there at the church. If I say to you right now, Anthony, you're fired. Mm. You would probably laugh and you'd be like, uh, nice try, Gus. <laughs> yeah. But if pastor says that to you, it changes. <laughs> yeah. Right? So here's, here's the very simple analogy or, or example is that the weight of the words change on, based on who's saying it. Yeah. So we need to take the words that Jesus speaks very, very, very seriously and very differently because those words carry more weight than when we say it. Mm. Does that make sense? And so that's, yeah. our, that's, that's why I was saying earlier, he calls us to a lifestyle of Sermon on the Mount, Beatitudes, and in and of itself could be difficult. But when we remember who's saying it, we re- then we remember the weight of those words. Yeah. And we remember that the man who's calling us grants us the grace and the power to walk it out. Come on. So good. So good. And I think, I mean, that's, that's clear. I think if we don't have a, a concept of what he's saying and what Jesus was saying, then all of this is kind of pointless. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, yeah, we can live like a good life, but then so we weren't living christ-centered life and it even goes back to like loving god lo- loving the lord like if i truly love the lord i want to hear what he said right and it goes back to like he who has an ear to hear let him hear like if you're not listening to what he's already spoken why are you asking for more right uh, you know so god what's my calling first read what i already said <laughs> you know and, and then and then from there ask you know yeah maybe answer in that um i think i just have one last question one of our on our team asked this um, and I think it goes along with a lot of stuff that's kind of happening in our nation right now, where a lot of um, authority figures are like, one day one's saying this, another day somebody else is saying that, and then it kind of changes all the time. And I know we're like wanting to be kingdom-minded, um, but when we're still like here and we hear all like these different like laws and and, and different things that are coming in almost every day, yes. um, how do we grow in a place of like honoring authority? Uh, not just in the church, but sometimes in, like in our nation, but also not being moved by it and knowing that we're citizens of the kingdom before we're citizens of the U.S. Like, how, how do we uh, maneuver that? How do we even honor in those places? It's good. Uh, I'll answer that by this, is that I want to encourage young people or anybody listening to read these three chapters, Matthew 24, Luke 21, and Mark 13. Uh, these are the same chapter in three different perspectives. And it's Jesus out of his own mouth speaking about what the, the end of the age is going to look like. Or as we get closer, drawn near to the beginning of birth pains or birth pains or the great tribulation, etc. And he speaks these things. And in Luke specifically, uh, he says to them, 
he goes, these are the things that are going to happen. And he says, and when they do, do not be alarmed, do not be shaken. And it's very interesting that he says that because we have a tendency to be like, like try to hold on to something. This is going to, this is going to crack. But Jesus is saying, Hey, I'm, I'm rephrasing it here. Keep your eyes on me. Don't be alarmed. Right. Don't be shaken when these things happen. It's, it's written that some of these things are going to happen. And, and I, I want to say to people smile because things are going to get worse. And, and by smile, I mean like your hope is not on laws and rules or governors or politicians. It is on Christ who is seated at the right hand of the father who is coming to rule and to reign. And that, that's the, that's to answer the, how do I not get shaken is that I need to be in the word. I need to be rooted, grounded. I need to know this man and I need to give my, myself to this man. And secondly, it's, uh, again, going back to the Jesus, how did you do this? How would you do this? How would you respond to my governor? How would you respond to our president? How would you respond to these laws? How do you respond to these things that are happening right now in our midst? Yeah. And, and I, this is what I've seen. One of the things that the Lord can, will continually bring us to, because again, there's no new way to, to get to him. Yeah. One of them is that to remain in prayer, yeah. pray without ceasing uh-huh. is one of the things he says, Paul says, the apostles say it's pray without ceasing. It's, yeah. continue this conversation. Don't let go of this conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and, and I get, and like you said, like, uh, like you said on our phone calls, like looking at the life of Daniel, uh, looking at the life of David, you know, David, the difference between David and Saul, it says that Saul was compelled, but David sought the Lord. And, and that's what we are doing too little of. Uh, for the most part, it's seeking the Lord. We'd rather seek a man, a leader, or a pastor first. And again, that does not to say that those things are evil, but it's always best to to listen to the man whose opinion matters most, to the man whose words matter most. Yeah. And it's looking to Christ. Like, what do you have to say about this? Yeah. What would you do about this? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, even as you said that, um, the example, like a physical example of that was like when Peter got out of the boat and when his eyes yeah. were on Jesus, he was walking on water. But as soon as he focused on the storm around and the waves, that's when he started sinking. You yeah. Know? Like that was a physical representation of, of this exact thing that you're speaking of. Yeah. Um, like when we lose focus of Jesus, we, we will start sinking and like, God help us. You know, it's like, yeah. like you, you have little faith. And I want to encourage you. I'm glad you said that last line. I want to encourage people listening is that it, it was more than a reprimand. It wasn't like this, like, like a whip. Um, he says, Oh, you have little faith. Right. But he still called it faith. Yeah. And, and I want to encourage people is that, that your reach, that you reaching to walk out a life, a life and a mindset of Christ, according to the sermon on the Mount. And you might fail tomorrow, which is almost for certain that you will, and you're going to need to repent and so on. But the Lord still calls it faith. The Lord still calls that reaching. You're not disqualified. We're not disqualified because a a mistake was made or, or, or I need to repent right now because of the thought I was having about my brother or my sister. Um, The Lord still calls it faith. 
and what we call weak, the Lord says it's reaching. Like he, yeah. he sees our heart. He sees our reaching and he helps us. He gives us grace to do that. Like, again, it doesn't happen on accident and it doesn't happen because I tried it once. Yeah. It, it, it and I need to sign up all over again. Every single morning it's I'm signing up all over again. Yeah. And even going back to Peter, it's like, I think he's the one who gets corrected the most out of all the disciples, at least in scripture, you know, but I think it's because of that, like, because he's like wanting to love the Lord and he's just like, he's messing up in it. But I think that's also what brought him to, to become like, to even grow closer to the Lord because yeah. like he knew that when Jesus corrected him, it wasn't out of a place of like anger, but it was out of a place of love. He's like, hey, I want you to be better. And so, and even after Jesus, like Paul corrects him later in, in one of the letters, you know? Yeah. And so it's like the fact that it's like, Peter is still getting corrected later on, but it's, it, yeah. it never stops him. Like he's yep. like, all right, okay, I see it. Okay. And he repents and keeps going. Yep. You know? So good. But yeah, I think I, I, I as we're coming to close, I want to ask, like, is there any uh, last, like last words, final words that you want to leave? Uh, some of the viewers with some of the teens that will be that are watching right now or will be watching later like what's some final advice yeah I, I i again i just want to i want to keep it on the sermon on the mount if i could it's make those three chapters something you study for the rest of your life something you walk out for the rest of your life something you continually co conversate with the lord about matthews 5 6 and 7 uh because at the end of it he says um the one who hears these words and does them is like the one who built his house on the rock. Yeah. You know, cause here's the interesting part is that there are two houses being built one on the rock, one on the sand. Interestingly enough, they both get the storm. Yeah. The one on the rock does not, is not exempt from the storm. He yeah. says, but when the storm hits, that one doesn't fall. It's not shaken. And basically he's saying, if you build your life, on these words that I have spoken to you and you look at me as you do that, um, you, you will not fall when the storm hits. You will not be shaken when the storm hits. And that, that's, that's what I would say. So then, I, don't know, I think just to end, I would ask you if you could just pray for us, like pray for the viewers right now and those who will be watching later. Um, yes. That they can like receive this and really like take this and, and go to the Lord with all of it. Yes. Good. Yeah. I'm going to pray. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, Lord, pray Ephesians 1, Lord, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. And I pray for those listening, those who will listen, that you would make known to us who you are, Lord. You said in John 17, 3, that to know the Father and to know you is eternal life. And, and I, I pray, Lord, that, that we would come to eternal life, to a, a knowledge and understanding of who you are the relationship of you and the father. And, and I thank you, Lord, because you said John 15, nine, that as the father has loved you, you love us. And, and Lord, we, we agree with that. We say yes. And that you would give us hearts to receive that love and to walk it out in love, walk out our lives in love in a manner of love. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you for Anthony and Holy 58 and, and the team there, Lord, that they would help equip a generation to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength unto the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, guys, for, for your time. Thank you for, for Thank your you. wisdom and like for sharing all of this. Thank That's you. Good. Love you, Anthony. Love you guys.
Love you too. Thank you. <laughs>